started. Sit back, enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Sid for Tuesday, January 19th. I'm Tim McAuliffe. He is Sid Sixero. We are live on TV, radio, and the interwebs. Busy show, plenty of hockey coming your way. Two NHLers jumping on the show over the next couple hours from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Zach Hyman, first in the North Division, Toronto Maple mm-hmm. Leafs. Correct. Zach Hyman will join us, and he'll be followed by Brent Burns of the San Jose Sharks, who may have figured out what his post-hockey career is going to be. I've, I've never seen a more perfect match between player and idea going forward than what Brett Burns is doing. And, and some of you have, have no idea what we're talking about. It's worth your time coming up a little later on. He's a good interview, period, Brent Burns. Have we, how many times have we talked to Brent Burns before, Timmy? Why can't I remember this? I don't know if we've ever talked. I don't know if I've ever talked to him. Really? Yeah. As I was saying it, I'm like, I know it sounds idiotic to have just said, great interview. Have we talked to him? Because normally you would have that kind of perspective talking to someone so you could pull from, from, from history that, yes, it's a good interview. But I'm trying to remember but if we talked to Brent. He's just a loquacious, that. fun guy. Loquacious, yes. <laughs> Extremely loquacious. We'll get to uh, yeah. plenty of hockey in just a bit. We've also got some basketball lined up. Mark Stein, yeah. he of the uh, small publication, the New York Times, will mm-hmm. be joining us. Kyrie Irving returned to practice today for the Nets. He is scheduled to play tomorrow against Cleveland, we think. And on top of all that, he spoke to the media. We'll let you hear a little of that coming up in a bit. Also, the Raptors, who have won three in a row, break up the raps to me, mm-hmm. made a, a roster move. Uh, it's always interesting when an NBA team does this, and they have a spot available. What do you do with it? We'll talk about that in a moment as well. But, Tim, we begin with the story from the North Division in the National Hockey League, both last night and look ahead to the sched this evening. I feel, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm just focusing on one division and one division only. Does that make me a bad sports fan? Like, am I, no, I, am, am I in the wrong for that? I almost okay. uh, pitched an idea to you and the team about doing things on the other divisions because the focus in Canada will be on the north and a lot of the fans of other teams, and you know them, there's a lot of Bruins fans in Canada. There's oh, yeah, a lot of sure. Sabres fans in Canada. Red Wing there's fans out in Windsor. Oh, yeah. Like exactly. So I, I wonder if we aren't going to somewhat ignore the others because every day you're going to have something to talk about in the north that will have a lot of fans' eyes. So I get it. I understand it, and I know it. There's just one game in the north tonight as the Jets visit the Sens. No Patrick Laine again tonight for Winnipeg after what was a busy night in the north last night. Leafs got their third win in four games, 3-1 over the aforementioned Jets, while the Habs and Flames completed two-game sweeps of both the Oilers and Canucks, respectively. Montreal and Calgary have five points in three games. Who's had the most impressive start in your mind, Leafs, Habs, or Flames at the top of the division? I, uh, I'm leaning Habs. And after, and I, I took in a lot of that Habs-Oilers last night to me after the Leafs were done. Mm-hmm. And, like, they got Jake Allen in net, and it's not a problem. That guy's been a number one before in his life. He's fine. Yeah, They're deep up front. Josh Anderson's in the middle of everything. If he stays healthy, look out. Underline if he stays healthy. Um, but then you look at that blue line, 
And Tim, the, I won't steal your thunder because you brought it up prior to the show and it's valid. But so I'll let you take s- s- have some run with this. That Alexander Romanov kid <laughs> is is quite something. Because like go go down the road because I want to add something to the back end. But you brought it up. Go ahead. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. You know you know why they were talking him up the way they were. It's not hard to figure I, out. It's not. I don't even like. I, I know why they were talking him up. I, I see, he, like, he's a real player. But he also just seems like a lot of fun. Like, he seems like a now 21-year-old kid. And you pointed it out to me. He just turned 21, January 6th. So th- this is basically a kid out there. But we have the clip from him scoring his first NHL goal. There is a similar clip from him playing his first NHL game. Like, the kid just seems like he is loving life in the show and I'm telling you, Montreal is going to fall in love with his kid in a hurry if things like this are what it's about for Romanov. I think more excitement uh, because uh, because it's my first game and uh, a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous because uh, I don't know what is it like NHL in real life. Uh, but it it was okay. It was good. What went through your mind when you saw the puck go in the goal and you saw that you had your first NHL goal? What was your feeling? Uh, firstly, I'm not at the stand that I'm that I'm scored. Uh, second, uh, uh, <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, I had no words. What I what I need to scream? And I don't know. It's amazing. Love just him. want to chase him. Just want to chase him around and take his candy. Like he seems Love like him. a delightful young man. Don't, don't make me run. I'm full of chocolate. He's fantastic. He yeah. is like he is fantastic, man. And Tim, on a couple of fronts, like let's the story I kept reading a lot uh, about Romanov before this season was how Cheska Moscow, his team in the KHL, mm-hmm. when when this kid signed his NHL deal with the Habs, Tim, they screwed him over. They they basically cut his minutes in half. Yeah. They wouldn't play him. And he sat there, and he's, he's, he goes, okay, no problem. I'm going to the NHL. He gets here. Ho-hum. He's playing with Shea Weber. So this 21-year-old kid, the crash yeah. course, yeah. He's think about all the, the condensed games in the schedule. Think about who this kid Romanoff is playing with every night in a future Hall of Famer. By the way, Shea Weber shot from behind the net, off the back, and in last night. What a finish for Shea Weber. My point is, this is one of the Canadian stories to me to watch throughout the season as we go here for a lot of reasons. He's, he, he looks like the real, I hate to say it, three games in. But part of me doesn't, Tim. Part of me wants to be free and just say he feels like the real deal. And he is going to learn more about this league playing with Shea Weber at these minutes with these games coming thick and fast than most 21-year-olds in the history of the league at that position. Montreal are going to really reap the benefits of this. This is a good thing. Very good. I don't want to stop on the idiots that are going to write in and say it's CSKA Moscow, and because we watch soccer, we both know that. I, a lot I of know. Them... <laughs> well, yes, I, I you know, know that's Ch- coming. Anyways, so this is this is preconceived notions, Sydney. This is what you're doing here. You had preconceived notions of what the Montreal Canadiens would be. I'm not all that surprised because I was higher on the Montreal Canadiens, but just like you, I'm looking at the Calgary Flames and saying if that's Jacob Markstrom. If, if the Calgary Flames are going to get this type of goaltending going forward, I want to redo my rankings for the North Division. 
Like, I, I shuffled Calgary down because I wasn't sure that Markstrom could keep it up. I wasn't sure if a new team would take some time for him to become acclimated. Holy crap. Like, I don't know if it's the Canucks struggling. I don't know if it's playing your former team and knowing the shooters. Like, if you watched last night's game, as opposed to just the highlights, you know that they were outshot 16-4 to in that first period, and it could have been over. But For they sure. got goaltending, and that's what this year is going to be about. Like, this, I feel like it's going to be like people are going to want to puke how much the analysts talk about goaltending. But in this 56-game sprint, you are going to need goaltending. And if Markstrom gives the Flames goaltending, they're among the best teams in the North. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to get that level goaltending from a guy who, again, was fourth in Vesna Trophy voting a season ago. He right. is not. He is. He is basically living in that orbit, and Brad's for living. And Tim, you and I had Brad on not long after free agency settled in. Yeah, and he sounded. He sounded like a very happy man, and not have to worry giddy. about his damn goaltending anymore. He he was giddy. good. He had to worry yeah. about other things, but Brad was like, "Yeah, I don't. I don't need to. I don't need. I don't need that question about who's the number one. No, 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 no. Jacob Markstrom's it's, your number one. Easy. It's almost it's almost similar to what I was watching in the Leaf game yesterday, and I and I was thinking like if the Leafs defend and get goaltending, they're the best team in the North. That's a big if. If they defend and if they get goaltending, they're the best team in the North. And four of the next six now come against the Oilers. So, with all due respect to the Ottawa Senators. And the Winnipeg Jets are a good offensive team. They were missing Patrick Laine. Still a good offensive team, but better, obviously, with Laine in the lineup. But there could be some real teaching points and understanding from this Leafs team. And I wonder if we don't look back at this new-look Toronto Maple Leafs veterans in their teaching points and go, that first game against the Sens where they let their foot off the gas and lost – wasn't kind of a kick in the teeth that they needed really early in this series, in this season, to understand what they need to be moving forward. Because since then, man, they, they've been, what were the shots? The shots in the second period at one point were 19 1 Leafs last night against the Jets. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. They dominated Ottawa in the second game. And what's even better for Leaf fans is both those games were still close. In what way? They were still one-goal games. It wasn't as if the Leafs dominated, ran them out the barn. They well, realized... Like protecting, they, like protecting a lead, actually getting some stuff done when it's tight. and Like like a scenario, say, in a best-of-seven series, is what you're saying. Like one of those Bingo! You have a now, lead, and you should protect it. Yeah, I'm with you. That was, that was, it was good to see it from him last night. Good to see him. Bingo. I'm not totally... Like they beat they they got um, they won a close game against the Habs and it's looking like a pretty good victory to start off the year the way the Habs are rolling. Winning against the Sens, I still don't know how good the Sens are going to be. Uh, that was a pretty depleted Jets team last night, as the second Correct. period kind of showed Correct. you. I'm still not locking locking in my Leafs takes. I'm not there yet. But points are points are points in this in this season, Tim. It really doesn't matter. And and they, Anderson shaking off that slow start thing that he always does in his contract year. Like these are all things the Leafs. I'm not saying when I said with all due respect to the Sens and the Jets, I was meaning like let's see it because it's going to come up here in the next little while against great offensive teams. Four of their next six come against the Oilers, and if the Flames are what the Flames have been, then we're going to see.
And I think that those teaching points, and we have a picture of Sheldon Keefe up on television, that like he's hammering that home. You've been dominant, and you won both those games by a goal. All due respect to the empty netter that saw Pionk take a run at Marner. I digress, or maybe I shouldn't digress because, holy crap, it's kind of a cheap play at the end of a game to take a run at a guy shooting on an empty net. If Tim McAuliffe's on the ice, when that happens, when the Pionk-Martner thing takes place, what does Tim McAuliffe do? Because I know the uh, narrative is the Leafs are kind of stepping back. Justin Hall kind of ragdolled the guy in the crease, right, kind of. And then and then Mitch made kind of a move and said something to Pionk. But, like, for, for, in terms yeah, of what the from the Leafs. came over. And that, well, Shifley. <laughs> yeah, I love, like, God, I love Shifley. I love Shifley. Uh, but, like, but in terms of what history has shown us from this team the last two or three seasons, these reactions are the equivalent of the Broad Street Bullies. Like, you don't see this stuff from the Leafs at all. Like, yeah. period. It's, it's, it's horseshoe back to the bench. So I'm not, I'm not willing to go into this, you know, they're, they're changing physically and they're getting, they're getting tougher and this and that. I got to see more from the Leafs is my main point today on a lot of fronts. I got to see a bit more from the Leafs. Neither of us are buying it from the Leafs that they're going to no, be tough with Marner and Tavares. They no. might be tough with Bogosian and Wayne Simmons, but that, like, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to be a tough team or a truculent team. I think they're going to have to show some grit, and I don't think it's Marner. I, I just think what I saw from Pionk, at the end of the game, is really interesting to me because it's happening all throughout hockey. In every division, and the North Division is absolutely no different. Like, you were the one that brought it up to me, the Nurse Gallagher back and forth. Like, there, we've, we've seen a couple of these things. Kachuk already. There was a lot Kachuk last does. night. Yeah, like, there was a lot going on last night. Obviously, the Pionk and Marner thing that we talked about. I really, listen, I know what I'm saying about the Leafs and, and how they're not really that tough. Uh, that that is a nasty bit of business from Neil Pionk. Like I think we yeah. all agree with that. And then in the in the first game Saturday, Brendan Gallagher gets dusted by Darnell Nurse. Uh, Brendan Gallagher last night has a bit of a long memory. He goes in for a go. And then Tyler Myers. I don't care if Matthew Kachuk dove. It's still not a good thing. He kind of just he put a stick in the guy's mouth. Like like that's <sighs> we're we're seeing the early. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, we're seeing I want to the early Kachuk. But go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, it's not good. It's a stick to the mouth. Look, did he embellish? Yes. So I think we all know that. Uh, no, these but... are early signs less than a week in of, God, I hate this guy in multiple well, cities. Well, Kachuk is going to be the, God, I hate this guy. Uh, Gallagher, we could have predicted, was going to be the, the God, I hate this. I don't know if Neil Pionk was the guy, hey, we know we're going to hate this guy. But Kachuk knows what he's doing. He drew a penalty there. Right? He did. That was the whole point was, of it. That was the that whole was point the of it. That was the entire point of it. And hockey protects. Listen, I have a lot of respect for it because you got to have brass ones to do it all the time. But hockey protects that guy. He got. He threw the first punch, and he's the one that drew the penalty. Yeah, I mean, he he, he shoved he shoved a defender, and he kind of gave the goalie a little hack. It's all Myers subtle enough for he never. Over, yeah, he it's knows also what subtle. he's doing. But Tyler Myers also has been in this league a bit, right? Like, he needs to kind of avoid that. Like, Elias Pettersson, the hack, the hack for his penalty yesterday, he's a kid. I'll give him a pass. Like, Tyler Myers oh, yeah, has that, been around. Yeah. Like, Tyler Myers should know better than that, especially with, with, the, with the goat. And I don't mean the greatest of all time. I mean the guy who just goats you in everything, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. He just fishes yeah. you. Um, hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. By the way, Tim, the one thing, um, we, we went around the horn here. A couple yeah. things we didn't mention. One, Tim, Tim Stutzla is, is also not playing for the Sens oh tonight. So you're going to have God. Liney out and Tim Stutzla, and unfortunately. Um, the other thing is what 
I'm I got behind me an Oilers jersey. Okay. Okay. Yep. Behind me. What the hell is Oilers Nation thinking right now? I'm not talking about Tippett. I'm not talking about Ken Holland. I'm 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 not even talking about Connor and Leon. I'm talking about the fans who were once again fed. We've tightened some things up. We've got some more depth. We're going to be a little better. We're early. Granted, we're early. And I'll hear that argument. But, Tim, they're not getting beat. They're getting humiliated in some of these games. And I'm wondering what Oilers Nation is really thinking right now. I could assume, but I'm not really sure. Because I don't know if it's anger. I don't know if it's borderline uh, like hockey depression, and I don't throw that word around uh, lightly. Um, like, what what really is going on in Oilers Nation? I'm curious. Crap. Like, we don't have enough time to do all this properly. Mark Stein's coming up. I want to talk about the Raptors' three-game winning streak. But but here's what I'll say about Edmonton. The situation in the offseason, I'm not sure Oilers fans bought the we're okay in goal. I think they swung and they missed on getting better in goal, and because of the circumstances, thought, we hope Koskinen's going to be better, or at least as good as he was last year. Then they lose their backup, they lose their backup, backup, and all of a sudden you got to play Koskinen four in a row. Listen, 8-2 on the aggregate against Montreal is awful. But I will say, and there's no time for patience in a 56-game schedule, nope. but I... I don't know that you can look at 0 for 14 on the power play in their three losses, 2 for 4 in their one win, by the way, and say Koskinen playing all four games was exactly the the recipe for a good start. In fact, it's the opposite. If, If that power play goes cold... You know the offense had to carry him because you knew Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen wasn't going to be an all-star goaltending duo. Like, nobody thought that. The only thing you thought was maybe Miko Koskinen could get better as he has in each of his seasons. Maybe. Hope. Cross your fingers. But I don't think anyone in Edmonton was buying it. There was nothing to buy. You kind of saw what it was last year. Like, how is it going to be different? Top two pairs, Ethan Bear and, 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 and Nurse. Right? Like, th- you're hoping that they grow into that, but they're not that yet. Like, like I, I like Ethan Bear, was, but he's not going to – your point is he's not there. Yeah, yeah like, not there I, mean, yet. I, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I, I, right. I like Ethan, but he's not he's – not, I, I really listen, like man, Ethan. I'm just thinking big picture here, man. Are you – Edmonton, are you really telling me we're going to waste another year of two Hart Trophy guys on your team? You're really going to do that? All this BS I've heard from the bosses about this, that, and Jesse Pugliarvi coming back and all this crap. And it's the same disaster that was out there in Chicago in the summer. Like, you're really going to do this? Really? Oh, Tim, the ramifications of missing a playoff spot in this division, if you're not Ottawa, are going to be enormous. I don't care yes. what team you throw into that slot or two slots. I care which teams. Edmonton, figure it out. I like you. I like you a lot. And after a while, it's Connor you got to worry about not pissing off, not me or anyone else. Figure it out. Figure it out. Everyone's thinking it. No one's saying it. I'm saying it. Stop pissing Connor off with this crap and get a team around him. You know, I wish we had more time. We don't have more time. 
Uh, Mark Stein's coming up, so we'll talk about the Raptors, who I'm starting to feel silly about doubting this team, franchise, coaching staff, and players being able to figure it out. Like, is this where the Raptors, as they have been for much of the last five years, begin to figure things out and perhaps even overachieve? Like, they just out-hustle everybody. That's not talent. Like, there was, I know the Mavs were beat up, but they still have Doncic and Porzingis on. They still have a unicorn and a unicorn. Doncic like, alone. Doncic alone wins you games. And they shut them down yep. defensively with the guy who didn't play last year. Stanley Johnson was a part. Like, it's just how they continue to do this. It's been nine years where the Raptors have achieved the over. Nine straight years, Vegas sets a win total, and the Raptors have been over. And I'm starting to feel silly about doubting that this team could figure it out. We'll do that with Mark Stein. I love the fact that our Twitter account right now, Sid, is just littered with people yelling and screaming about the North Division. Are you guys not going to mention Muzzin's cheap shot on Stutzel? Because that's why he's out. Leafs have not been impressive. Puff. I know they're on top of the amount of goals they've let. This is going to be so much fun the entire year, and I promise this place right here will be a vent to us. Please, I love it. <laughs> I would love to have the time to answer all of those. This like, is a safe zone, fun. Canadian hockey fans. Yeah. This is a safe zone for you. Just, this is your you safe zone. You want to congregate zone. here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Uh, Steve, too soon for Alex the Great. In reference to Romanoff, like I'm, I'm down for all of it. I like this. Alex the Great. It. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Alex the Great. Twenty Let's just do. turned twenty-one. I'm down. Right. I'm buying my Alex Romanoff stock. I'm in. Uh, I'm in. Brent Burns coming up. Zach Hyman of Trauma. We'll ask if this uh, new defensive look over the last two games against these two teams is something that they are working. We'll ask Zach Hyman that. Don't worry. We'll pose the question. And coming up next, Mark Stein on the Raptors and Kyrie Irving. Man, we, we, we could do a documentary on the last two weeks for Kyrie Irving. We'll walk down the road with Mark Stein next right here on Tim and Sid. Jam-packed edition. Sportsnet Radio and TV. Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs and Brent Burns of the San Jose Sharks still scheduled for this show. Your tweets and tons of them pouring in at Tim and Sid on Twitter about the North Division in the game of hockey. We will get to them because there are some interesting ones. But Sydney, the Toronto Raptors have won three in a row here. Break them up. Uh, they, they released Alex Len today. Uh, you don't often kind of see roster moves like that from uh, a basketball team. Uh, Yuto Watanabe's on a two-way. There's talk maybe he becomes a full NBA deal. Maybe just leave the slot open. Who knows? Uh, the Raptors are interesting. Mark Stein of the New York Times, always interesting. Mr. Stein is joining us. Mark, um, should we have doubted the Raptors? Because clearly they're on their way to second in the East. I think there's no question. <laughs> Second in the second in the whole East? You mean like the whole conference? <laughs> the whole wide oh. world East. The whole wide world uh, East. I, would, I, I wouldn't co-sign that one just yet. I think okay. they've found okay. that you know, their margin for error now is incredibly slim. Uh, and it's, it's an adjustment phase for them. And I think it's an even bigger one than we thought just being in Tampa. I mean, that, you know, I... 
they were so resilient last season after losing Kawhi that I, I just kind of fell in the camp that said the Raptors can handle anything you throw at them. But, you know, they have no home games now. They lost the two big guys, and I think that has proven to be a much bigger issue than they anticipated. And, uh, you know, they've had, they've had trouble holding leads. I mean, they just – there is a very, very thin margin for error for this team now. So, uh I will not be I will not be penciling them into the number two seed just yet. I uh, I agree with you on all counts, and I also wonder. And I mentioned this before the break, and I said that I started to 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 think that maybe uh, I was silly in not giving the Raptors the benefit of the doubt on being able to figure all of that out, even down the max slot that they left for Giannis, even playing in Tampa. Like is. Is this the ultimate compliment to the Raptors' front office players, coaching staff, or could it even be more damning towards everyone else who can't figure it out in the NBA if they do, in fact, figure it out and are competitive despite all this? I think it really just shows you the power of a championship. A championship changes the way we look at people, maybe in the NBA more than any other sport. And until they won the championship nobody gave the Raptors the benefit of the doubt. And you always had the perspective of, you know, disaster is around the corner and it's, it's going to be ugly in the playoffs and they can't get it done in the postseason. And then they won the championship and, and were legitimately valiant last year after losing Kawhi and dealing with so many injuries that, you know, we, we it, it swung the other way. And, and now you just, I, you know, I, I know I'm guilty of it. I came into this season assuming that they would stay in the East elite just because Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri have proven to be that good. And look, they still, they still, I'm not writing them off. They can still be a playoff factor. I think we know Masai is going to be looking for trade opportunities to upgrade this team at every turn. But it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a a lot harder for them to stay in the East to lead. And another function of that is, you know, the top six, seven, the East is, is much better than it's been. It's the East is not as deep a conference as the West, nowhere close, but this season, at least, you know, we, we, it's been, it's been the Eastern conference for two decades, but at least the playoff teams are all formidable. Mark Stein, New York times here on Tim and Sid. Um, the Nets got deeper today by one of their own coming back. Technically. Kyrie Irving was in the building. He's missed the last two weeks. No one really knows why. He's scheduled to play tomorrow against Cleveland. Um, but his media availability today, Mark, um, as, as anticipated, was, uh, was, was interesting listening. Uh, for those at home uh, who haven't heard this or in their car, let's play some of Kyrie Irving talking to the media. We'll talk about it on the other side. Happy to be back. Happy to be around these guys. Address the team, address everybody that need to be addressed. Now it's time to move on. You know, with everything going on in the world, politically, um, socially, like I said, it's hard to ignore. Um, I want to make changes daily. You know, there are so many oppressed communities, so many things going on that are bigger than just a ball going in the rim. Um, So for me, I just, like I said, it's just the balance of it, um, of knowing I can delegate my responsibilities uh, off the court to people that I'm surrounded around that are for the fight, 
and are fighting behind the scenes and in front in the in the lines and you know like i said i'm not the only one that's fighting so i'm grateful to unify with others and uh, that's all i've tried to do again that was kyrie irving after about two weeks of radio silence uh speaking to the media today scheduled to play tomorrow mr stein your your reaction to what he said today well anytime he speaks anymore it becomes a stop the press's events. I mean, it just becomes like a huge national address that the whole NBA world wants to hear what we're going to get. And it's also kind of a function of, of where we are now as observers that, you know, there is this temptation to just go into armchair psychologist mode and, and try to figure out where he is. I think the reality though, is we're really only going to get answers on the court. Um, he clearly does not like doing interviews at this point in his career. I, I, I don't think Kevin Durant is in a much different space. They just, I, I don't think they love talking to us and that's certainly their right. Nobody owes, you know, nobody owes us voluminous, wonderful interviews, but just focus on the court. I mean, I, I you know, I've got a lot of questions and look, Harden and Durant have been sensational in their first two games together. The Bucks could not stop them in crunch time last night. I mean, this was just two shot makers just dominating crunch time. And when Harden's not even shaped, it's really impressive what Durant has done. I mean, Durant looks better than any player in NBA history coming off an Achilles. And he, he's, he's actually, you know, I, I don't know if he can keep up the numbers he's posting. I mean, he's better in every category. I mean, it's just ridiculous how good Durant looks. But they are to now bring in a third high-volume scorer. What it's going to do to them defensively, how is it going to work offensively? You know, Steve Nash was the master. I mean, I covered Steve's whole career from very close range. And just as a player, unbelievable at pulling groups together. And honestly, I would say as impressive as any job Steve ever did was the 2000 Olympics when – Canada comes within one win of the medal round with Steve Nash and 11 other guys who haven't even heard. You guys have heard of them, but (laughs) we haven't heard of them. And he galvanized that team like you've never seen. And this was long before he was MVP Steve Nash. So I've seen him do it many times, but that was as a player. And now it's as a coach. And I mean, for a rookie coach to have to try to deal with all of what is going on in Brooklyn and lead this group to answer all these questions, I mean, it is it is it is as hard a year one job as as we've seen. Uh, we have a Blue Jays free agent signing that we're going to get to. Don't worry, it's not George Springer, but we will get to it in mere moments from now. the The Nets start with Harden and Durant. Like it, it could come back to haunt or help Kyrie because. You, as you mentioned, Harden and, and Durant have looked pretty damn good together, uh, knowing full well there'll be a bunch of people waiting to say, I told you so about Kyrie. Do you have any idea how it'll turn out with Kyrie added to the mix when Harden and him, I mean, Durant's pretty ball-dominant, but Harden and Kyrie might be the two most ball-dominant players that we've seen, even though Kyrie existed with, with LeBron. I mean, that's one of the big issues that everyone takes with this trade is that unlike Miami, when Chris Bosh was clearly the number three guy, or 
Ray Allen in the Paul Pierce Garnett scenario, or even Kevin Love when he played with LeBron and Kyrie. And there was always a a clear-cut number three. There is not a clear-cut number three here. Kyrie carries himself like this is his team. And so he's going to not only have to prove that he's willing to coexist with these guys and that there is a way for them to all share one ball, but what it's going to do to them defensively, if they're going to finish games with the three of them on the floor, what else are they going to put around them that works? Joe Harris is a wonderful complimentary player and just as a spot-up shooter is, is, is going to make a lot of, you know, just get the best looks of his life playing with these guys. But at some point you got to worry about the other end of the floor and they're small. They have no depth, rebounding defense, major issues. And so, you know, there's always a chance they prove us wrong and find a way. And this thing is such an offensive juggernaut that it makes up for all that. But I mean, it, it is going to be fascinating and there is no shortage of skeptics who do wonder, are they, ultimately going to have to look at trading Kyrie Irving or and was this what and was this all basically a statement that says hey we we we're not sure we can count on this guy let's get Harden in here because we know we can count on him Harden for all his faults is durable does not miss games he and Durant love each other so I mean that's thing they've looked so good as a twosome so far that you're like wow they look I mean do they need do they need you know, do they need Kyrie Irving right now? I mean, you know, they, they have other needs, more, much, much bigger needs at the defensive end. So, like I said, they're, they're, you know, it was a four-team trade, and, you know, I, I just wrote 1,500 words about it. I mean, there's, there's so many more questions than clear-cut winners in this deal. And normally you don't say that about a deal of this magnitude. Uh, Mark Stein joining us here on Tim and Sid. Okay, so just I, I, the follow-up for me is, like, we've tried our best to make sure that people don't judge Kyrie on what they think are his peculiarities, but I know that's an uphill fight. Like, you know, balancing the I ruin Boston, I want my own way with the genuine care for other human beings, the buying of the house for the family of George Floyd, the playing for WNBA salaries. Like, I, I was I was trying to tell Jeff Blair who hosts the show before us that this may be among the more complex personalities that I've ever covered like when you look at Kyrie Irving is there is there some yin to the yang is this complex or does he just want us to think that no I mean his civic record what he's done in society I mean you know you list just listed all those things I mean the guy has been incredible on what he has given to so many different people and you know the George Floyd house purchase for, for George Floyd's family. He, you know, he didn't publicize that. Somebody else let that out. So it's like, he's not looking for, for credit. And, you know, he just continues to do these amazing things in, in various communities. But, you know, we're, we're all, you know, cold hearted sports fans and media people and observers. And, and, you know, that stuff's not going to get factored in to the evaluation of how this works. And, I don't think there's any question that, you know, again, I, you know, you guys played the sound and like I said, I'm trying to resist being an armchair psychologist that looks at, you know, <laughs> yeah. even just the way he, even yeah. the way he answered the question today was, you know, it put a lot of people off cause he's, you know, got, you know, he's got his head, you know, he like, looks like he's got his head down on a, it's like you're sleeping desk. at your desk in grade four. It's like you're sleeping right. at your yeah. desk in I mean, grade four. We've all done it. Yeah. And, and and so you know everybody's going to seize on that and jump on that. But like I said, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm trying not to and just 
but again, I, you know, I, I can't wait to see it on the court because I, I can't fathom how it works. I can't fathom how these pieces go together. But, you know, also that, you, you know, Kyrie played a big part in Kevin Durant ending up with the Nets. So, I mean, it is complicated with a capital C how the Nets are going to proceed here. I mean, you would think when you give up control of seven drafts that, like, it's a no-brainer. This is not a no-brainer to me, you know. What the Lakers did to get Anthony Davis, that was a no-brainer. What the Clippers did to get Kawhi Leonard, you know, that was that was a no-brainer too. With the small caveat that you know Ka- Kawhi could still leave in free agency after after what, at the end of the season. I don't think he will, but you know you have to have that in the back of your mind. But those were no-brainers. Even Milwaukee, what they did, you know, they had to write out a really nervy month until Giannis committed to the contract extension. But all of those were easier to sell and digest and understand than, than this move for the net. We got to run, but, but Mark, I am here for the conversation between the three of us in three <laughs> weeks Yes, where Kyrie and Nash got into it post-game and he demands a trade. I am here for it. It's on the table. Anyone who, do, anyone who says that's not on the table has not been paying attention. We'll see how it plays out. Mr. Stein, yes or no? Is Messi going to Man City? Yes or no? Uh, I, I can't bring myself to believe that I'm that lucky just yet. I also just save also save me thirty seconds. Save me thirty seconds of Sabres time next time too. By then I'll have, right. I already I already ah. have some hot takes. I, I know you guys have Blue Jays news to focus on. So, so hey, look, I'm here for the Jack Eichel Taylor Hall three assist nights. I'm here for that too. I'm here for that too. Uh, Mark, you're great. We appreciate you, man. Take care. Be good, guys. There is uh, the uh, the multi talented. Mark Stein of the New York Times, who sent us a note saying he wanted to do a little hockey with us and wanted to do a little soccer with us because he knows that we talk about a lot of things in this show. But we're also going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. They have signed a free agent. It's Kirby Yates. But we will break down what it means, who he is, what he is, and if he's still that. Next, right here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. It's a guy, Sid. Yep, it's Kirby Yates. Yates. Welcome back to Tim and Sid here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet. Uh, Danny writes in and says, hey, Tim and Sid, you're on at Boeuf de Grasse in Pointe Claire, Quebec. That sounds like a place that both you and I would enjoy. You know what Boeuf means, right, Sixero? I know what it means when you go to when, like, when you're part of a fraternity in college. I what? learned that by watching American politics. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. I'll, I'll stop right there then. No. What does boeuf de grass mean? What's your meaning? It means beef. Boeuf means beef. It's kind of the Six same zero. thing. I'll explain right. later. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have I Blue miss, Jays I news. miss going out to places, by the way. Just want to make that Me clear. <laughs> I go to Are you not picking tomorrow. up? I... You're picking up. We're picking, we're picking up. Yeah, You're talking about going inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're supporting uh, small yeah, businesses. Yeah, I mean, just period. And, yeah, yeah, just period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm picking up all the time. I'm just sitting down and having a cold beverage. Talking about a Kirby Yates trade. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Yes, actual signings. Not even a trade. Signing Sixero. Correction on my end. Shai Davidi reporting late Monday night. Jays had reached an agreement with free agent Tyler Chatwood on a one-year $3 million contract. Moments ago, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reporting they've also reached a deal with Kirby Yates. It's not exactly the big splash that Blue Jay fans were hoping for just yet, 
But what do you think of the Chatwood Yates? I th- I think it's it's interesting because right now the Jays are in like a can't win scenario with a lot of the fan base. But I would like to remind said fan base that's waiting on a George Springer, that's waiting on a Trevor Bauer, that's waiting on anything that isn't really Robbie Ray. And I hear you. There are still other things that have to get done. There is still other business that they need to take care of. And bringing in like a swing guy like Tyler Chatwood last night, swing pitcher, and bringing in Kirby Yates, who two seasons ago had 41 saves, and maybe that guy is still in there somewhere. Who knows? That's still the kind of stuff that has to get done. So I understand the, that's cute, feeling that might be out there with the Kirby Yates signing. I get it. But there are still things that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have to get done while they're waiting on this other stuff. So I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, we don't have term yet, but, and we don't have money yet. I'm not assuming it's much. Um, so I've seen, I've seen people already penciling him in as the closer. Like, we don't know that's the case we when he pitched in just six games to a 1246 ERA and then had surgery in August to remove bone chips. Do we? Like, I don't no, Of course we know. Of course we know. No, I, I think I, I think what just, a lot of bullpens are, unless you're dumb and you're the White Sox and you pay like top dollar for Liam Hendricks, you, you bring in some cheaper arms. If I'm being frank about it, you bring in some cheaper arms and figure it out. That's what most well, is what, teams do nowadays. This I, is I basically the, the same thing that Atkins and Shapiro have done since they got here, which is yeah. bring in the low risk, high reward and hope you get the high reward. And now the Dodgers, the Dodgers do with guys like Blake Trinan. Like guys who, who right. you know, you pay a little extra, you get guys like Blake Tron and you can throw in there and see how they right. fit. But And the Jays are a little lower than that, but it's the same idea. It's the same premise. But for those a bunch who don't, of relievers and hope you get it done. For those who don't know Kirby Yates, and I don't blame you because not a lot of people watch Padres baseball, he was uh, pitching to a 119 ERA and 41 saves in, what, 51 appearances just a year ago. And then last year, he has the struggles, the bone chips, and the remove. So, like, there is a real nice upside to this. If it ends up being that, I don't know if you can pencil him in right now as the closer for the Jays and say 2019 was what he'll be with the Jays in 2021. I don't think you can pencil anything in right now with the Jays, aside from a couple of kids, um, because there could be some movement here still. But, Tim, let's go big picture now. Okay, they signed Kirby Yates. Great. Great. So, so the Mets today, and you and you spoke on this with the Richard Deitch and Jeff Blair on Writer's Block on the radio side before us, so forgive me if, mm-hmm. if I'm asking you similar questions. But Jared Porter of the Mets, because he, uh, he sent over 60 texts to a, a female reporter who didn't want it, um, was fired today by the Mets 37 days into his tenure as GM of that franchise. The ESPN report came out last night. I saw the headline, Tim, and then I was curious who wrote it. I saw Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan. And when I saw that byline, I said, this guy is toast because those two are coming correct and with facts if they're going to accuse someone of something like this. My, my point is this. Now, Jared Porter's fired. The Mets look terrible today. And they're still reportedly in the Springer with sweepstakes with the Jays. What does this do to those sweepstakes? What well, the happens? Other part is, the other part is that Sandy Alderson also stepped in it today 
by naming the country that the female reporter was from yeah. and thus allowing people to kind of sort of figure out who the female reporter yeah, was. ESPN, they, ESPN went to through great lengths to make sure that did not happen in that article they posted last night. And all of a sudden just threw it out there like a fart in the wind. It was insane. It was insane. So for me, if I'm part like, listen, George Springer went through a lot with the Astros in the last little while. Does he want to walk into another tire fire? Never mind the New York Times that sent something about Steve Cohen not being... They published a column earlier this month that was basically Steve Cohen isn't what you think he is. There's some toxicity to him and his workplace Mm -hmm. in the past. You add this all together, and I don't know if George Springer... Listen, if they give him way more money than everybody else, I wouldn't blame him if he went to the New York Mets. But if there's any doubt... Does he want to walk into another workplace where he's got to answer questions about other stuff all the time? I don't know. Carlos Beltran was hired as a manager. They had to fire him like a week later because of the 2017 scandal. Right. Zach Hyman, Brent Burns. We got some NHL talk next, and we'll keep our eye on the Jays and Twitter, and you know how we do. This is Tim and Sid on TV and radio. Time for Tim and Sid. 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 Time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Lots going on today, after yesterday, and before tomorrow. Tim Stutzla, Patrick Line, both out as the Jets and Sens play tonight in the North. That is the lone North Division game in the National Hockey League tonight. The Raptors wave Alex Len as they struggle to find someone at center, but still have won three in a row after their victory over the Mavericks last night. And the Jays have a pair of signings in the bullpen, at least according to reports, Chatwood and Yates added Sydney. I can't wait. Tim, I mean, we've, we've sat through a lot of Jays off-seasons, through boring off-seasons, Mm-hmm. And they just got A.J. Burnett. They're going to win the World Series offseason. <laughs> we've, we've sat through a lot of that, right? That one hurts. Yeah, yeah. That, that offseason was the best, though. Like, that was but, a ton of fun. That was some great action. We're doing a three-hour show then. So it was great for us. And I don't care how it turned out. It was I, I will always look sure? back fondly on that summer. Yes, the summer of Ari Dickey. Yeah, oh, my that, God. So that much fun. Me- that taught me that the the off season never wins the season, and every off season everyone forgets that the off season never wins the season. Yeah, it depends on how big the off season is, though. Yeah, like little yeah. moves, like I, like little I little moves it, can win you an off season. Yeah, no, well, Blake Trinan won uh, Dodgers arguably off season. Off season, he won. He, they used him in a postseason, and they got him in an off season. But I know what you're saying. The big swings off, like the Padres. I have no faith in this. I have no really? faith in what the pun. Really? Tim, as crazy as it is to say, really? because you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, where they picked up yesterday, to Nelson Lamette, all last season averaged 11 Ks per nine. All of them, at least. Mm-hmm. So in theory, the ball will never be in play when you play the Padres for the first six or seven innings. If seven, if they let Blake Snell pitch, hopefully they will. <laughs> But 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 I still I'm with you. Like the offseason champs is a joke title. It holds no merit. It doesn't matter. Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees. They won the offseason last year. What the hell did they do? At the end of the day, what do they do? 
I mean, it's the ALCS. So you can't judge it by anything, but I'll say this, and I'm about to judge. The George Springer News with Jay's fan base right now, it is a powder keg. Correct. And whatever happens here, the reaction, the visceral reaction, especially on social media, is going to be unlike anything we've seen with the Jays since like the Tulowitzki David Price week where they got both of those guys like I'm try- I'm I'm honestly from an acquisition standpoint I'm trying to compare what the emotionally is going to happen oh, that's, here if, with the if Jays they fans. get yeah if they get Springer it'll be like that and if they miss on Springer people are going to be pissed and it won't matter even if you go get Colton Wong and and Jackie Bradley Jr there there will be uh, I told you this team, they're too cheap. This team was never going to spend. They were never going to get these. They were never. There is going to be, a, a, like, no matter which way it goes, it'll be either Blue Jays boner or, oh, my God, I told you these guys, and I can't say the name when you put Shapiro and Atkins together, I probably no, shouldn't say what happens when you. Don't even reference it. It's pretty, when you put it's them together, don't even reference it. Why a even bunch of that. And they still could do a really good job on the offseason. But that's what George Springer has come to represent, especially with the I'm not all that into this, but I'm a really big fan. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, On on the flip side of that kind of, Tim, and as I'm just kind of going over tomorrow and and there's kind of an event in Washington tomorrow, Mm -hmm. from a sports standpoint, I, I urge any hockey fan or NBA fan or baseball fan, it doesn't matter, and NFL fan, if there is bad news to announce, tomorrow, will tomorrow be would be the day. Tomorrow could be the best news dump day sports has seen since January 6th, if you know what I mean, because everyone's eyes are somewhere else. So if you got bad news, you want to make a hire, you don't think it's going to go over well, you want to slip it underneath the radar and have no one virtually talk about it? You watch. That news dump potential tomorrow is massive in the world of sports. Mm-hmm. Remember it. Just remember it. Uh, when they announce that Patrick Mahomes will play on Sunday and try and get it through without many people stopping to say Tomorrow would be the day. Tomorrow, tomorrow would be, be the day. day. Uh, Ryan Probert wrote into the show and said, hey, just an FYI for Sid – Oilers fans are having pretty open conversations about McDavid asking to get out. Can't put a good team together if UFAs and guys with movement clauses won't come to town. And they won't. So we are here. And any time that you or I or anyone else brought up McDavid and whether or not he wants to stay in Edmonton, there was this fire rain down upon them from the fan base that understandably, given what they've gone through for the last, I don't know, two decades, um, was like, shut your mouth. We don't want to listen to this. We've been through so much. Stop, stop. And I understand, I understand, uh, even in the midst of it, I kind of sort of understand it. So if Ryan represents more Oilers fans, like Sid, I sat here and I said something about your nipples, so we got distracted, but I said, let Ethan Bear figure it out. Let Darnell Nurse figure it out. The fir- When we had, remember the, the seven questions <laughs> that we were going to have about yeah, I remember. the NHL? Yeah. I said, 
that's not a front-line defensive pairing. Just let them figure it out. They're going to be good. Ethan Bear played more minutes than any rookie defenseman any anywhere last year. Like, just relax. And lo and behold, he's a healthy scratch in game three, four, and people are flipping out. Like, it's Edmonton's a real interesting situation because if it doesn't go well, all these things hang in the balance, and you're asking a lot of a defense core that isn't very good yet and goalies that you can't depend on yet. So it's interesting and, and, to hear Ryan say that. Yeah, and that's from a supporter. Like I, yeah. I and and I know tweets are tweets are tweets. I get it. I'm on. I got news for you. I'm on Twitter a little bit, so I understand it. Um, but when but when you go <laughs> when you make that extra leap, that's interesting to me because I'm not in that community necessarily. I'm on the periphery. I watch Oilers games, but not from an Edmonton eye. And this feeling's going to grow, man. Like this is this is not something that's going to get squashed anytime soon. I've witnessed more solar eclipses in the last 14 years than Oilers' playoff appearances. At some point, there's going to be a cost for that. Right. And I just don't think, because you're right, in the past, we'd bring this up. And I was like, ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> I'm not, there's like my impression of people on Twitter. Yeah, that's do, my impression of yeah. people on Twitter. Nah, but and, not blind. Ah, not blind. I send. I reply. But you're not, I, I don't know if you're hearing that right now. Right. I don't know. And listen, that's if the Leafs saying. keep playing consistent hockey, they could bury this organization a month in. And I, I just, I, I, I think it's something you got to consider. And Connor in a million years is never going to say anything publicly like that. He'll be upset on certain nights. We've seen him upset. That's nothing new. Like, we got to be better. But a, a playoff list year for this team is a problem, man. Even, even in a global pandemic? Yes, because you had time to because you had time to get ready, you had time to plan. It's a it's a long sample size. It's not twenty games. You can you can pull something from this. That's all I'm saying. It's not the bubble. The bubble I was less concerned about. This, if this happens, very concerned about. I, I would like to have more conversation about that. But Zach Hyman is standing by and will join us momentarily. Uh, Least next action is hosting the aforementioned Oilers on Scotiabank. Wednesday night hockey, that is tomorrow, for those who don't know their days. As for tonight, here's the schedule on Sportsnet. Hockey Central coming up at 6.30 Eastern, followed by Ovi and Sid. That's right, Caps face the Pens. If you're not paying attention down south, it's a pretty good one. Sportsnet 1 has NBA action with the Thunder and the Nuggets. Two great, three great Canadian guards going at it. Jamal Murray, shout out my man Lou Dort, and Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, high-octane abs facing the Kings on Sportsnet. Timmy, the Leafs not on the schedule tonight. They are part of Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey tomorrow as they begin a stretch of four of the next six against the Edmonton Oilers. And I know the Oilers have kind of been struggling, but whenever you hear four of your next six are against McDavid and Dreisaitl, that can't be fun. <laughs> yeah. Zach Hyman, who had a little bit of fun last night against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, joining us here. On Tim and Sid, Zach, I appreciate you jumping on here. This this schedule's mess from a fan's perspective. This is great. Is this a little messed up from your perspective for the next six against some of the best players on earth? It's it's pretty crazy, but it's uh, it's fun. Of it. it's different. It's fun. It's fun at the same time because you get to see the the same guys. And if you uh, like, for instance, the Ottawa series, we, we lost the first one. You get to go right back at it and uh, and try to get the next one. 
I, I know the schedule is busy on the ice, but uh, from what I can gather from your Instagram, it's also busy off the ice. Uh, first off, uh, you introduced your son Theo to the world. Congratulations, one. And how's fatherhood slash parenthood treating you? No, it's uh, it's great. It's awesome. I'm actually currently in my bedroom doing this right now because the uh, the other rooms are occupied with with him screaming or, or or eating or sleeping. So he's been great. My wife's been a trooper through this, and uh, schedule's been hectic. And adding a baby into it doesn't help, but it's the best ever. Does the baby do things that you already know the baby got from you? Like, how does that work? Are you seeing <laughs> things that are are Zach Hyman ish? Well. I, <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's, he's screaming pretty loud, so he's, he's, he definitely wants to eat uh, all the time. And, there you uh, go. I, I like to eat, too. So he's, Apple so, doesn't yeah. fall far from Thanks the tree God. there. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we, all, we also know you are an author. Uh, you, you are a man in many hats. What, what happens later in life if your child doesn't like your work? Like, what, like is that awkward? <laughs> I, well, right now, he's only getting three books, so... Right. That's all he's got is, is my three books. <laughs> that's it. <right>. Monopolize <laughs> the situation. Me, exactly. hero. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all he gets. That's all that's on the shelf. Nothing else. All right, so let me ask you this, because I know, I know you're also a Twitch streamer. Like, some folks know you're the author. Some folks know you're the Twitch. Like, what are you more looking forward to doing with Theo? Reading him the books or uh, down the line gaming with a little guy? Oh, man, that's that's hard. I, I think, well, first, the, the books are going to be first. I'm looking forward to that, but but I have had him a couple of times. Um, I'm like, I'm the burper. So my, my wife does everything else and I get him and I throw him on my shoulder and I'm the burper and I've had him on my shoulder and I'm playing video games and I'm kind of like trying to make him play. And she's like, what are you doing? And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to, uh, to play video games with him, but uh, the reading, I guess will come first. I do agree with that line of parenthood, by the way, video games are important <laughs> uh, for the maturation of any young child. Zach Hyman of the Leafs here on Tim and Sid. Speaking of video games, Zach, at times last night, uh, you you look like you were gaming out there, uh, like it was set on easy. Ten shots on goal. Uh, were you satisfied enough with the type of action you had around the net, or are you super pissed none of them went in? No, I think um, what I've come to, to learn in this league is, is hard to score goals, and you just have to worry about getting your chances. And once you get enough chances, they eventually go in. So um i definitely had my share of looks at the at the net last night uh unfortunately one didn't go in but it didn't matter we got the win um but yeah just if, you, if you're getting your looks you you're gonna they're gonna go in so that, i was i was happy with that it, it's interesting because so winnipeg's back in action tonight and then sid mentioned your schedule like people we interact with are really excited about the north division what are your early takeaways from the due division? Like, what have you noticed feels different about this year besides the obvious and the pandemic and the no fans? Like, just playing the same teams, have you already felt there's a bit of a difference between, say, last year and this year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that how important every game is because it's all divisional games. So every game's worth four points in, in a way because – you can climb on 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 a team pretty quickly, and you have a, a you know a nice winning streak. You can climb the standings pretty quickly, and then you know works the flip side too. So that that's one thing. And then and I think in the North Division, just the amount of skill there is, uh, the amount of high end players and the speed. I think it's just uh, it makes for really fun hockey to play. And and obviously from a fan perspective, the rivalries, playing Montreal ten times. 
it's going to be pretty crazy playing all those teams. And then also from a Toronto side of things, we, we don't really get to play Edmonton and Vancouver and, and Calgary and Winnipeg all that much. And this year we get, <laughs> we get them a ton. So uh, it's, it's definitely unique and it's, it's definitely fun. And, and the players are playing against our, our elite and, and high end. Earlier in the show today, we saw uh, Pionk take a little run at Marner at the end of the game. And we pointed out a lot of other scrums in other games. Is it going to be hard not to get tired of the same guys over and over and over? I play in a four-team beer league, and I'm going to tell you, I know the idiots <laughs> by heart by now. Like, is it going to be hard to not get tired of the other team? Yeah, I, th- I think it's that's that's what's going to happen, right? It's it's almost like you're playing mini playoff series with the the way that the schedules um, laid out. Like you said, we have Edmonton four to six, uh, four of our next six games, so we're going to be getting a lot of McDavid and Drysaddle, and and yeah, it's going to be uh, that's where rivalries are built. You play those guys over and over again, and they're all divisional games, and they all matter. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs here on Tim and Sid. Um, how, how different does this team feel, Zach? I know it's, I know you're just starting here, but there, there are things happening with the Leafs that haven't always happened, like protecting leads in tight games, kind of closing out in an efficient manner. And and John Tavares after the game last night, when talking about Freddie alluded to it, you know, there's some more consistency with the group in specific, very important situations in the game. Do you feel this team is different in that regard compared to a plethora of other teams you've been on in the city of Toronto? Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, I think that a lot of the guys have, have been here for, for a while now and, and have experienced, you know, what you, you talked about with, with the late game, um, you know, with the stuff that happened in years past. And I think that every game is so important now. And, and I think that the group that we have, uh, at least in the early going so far, uh, has done a good job at, at closing those games out, games out. I think that even last night we, we gave Winnipeg a little bit of life uh, at the end of the second there when, when I think that we had a really dominant period and it's only one goal game. So I think that we can still continue to get better at it, but I definitely think that there's a greater sense of urgency to close out games, especially in a, in a 56-game season where uh, every game you know matters that much more. This was Sheldon Keefe's first camp. Was that drilled home differently in camp? Um, I don't know if it was drilled home differently. I think that we definitely had a, a, a very high tempo uh, training camp. I really think that you know this was his stamp on 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 getting us ready for the season. I think that um, it was the training camp really set us up for success. It was it was hard high pace. It was quick because, you know, the nature of, of the schedule, no preseason. So we really had to be ready. And uh, I thought he did a great job. I thought that, you know, we're well prepared for the start of the year and, and now we can kind of get rolling because there really isn't that much practice time. Zach, I'm in the Leafs here on Tim and Sid. Um, how weird is it not being with Austin Matthews? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I see him every day. So uh, you know what I'm no. saying, you know, <laughs> typical sharp as attack, Zach Hyman, typical, you know what I'm asking? Uh, well, I mean, I, I still play with those guys a little bit, but, um, you know, he, I, I played with Johnny and Mitch and Willie and Austin and, and playing with those guys is, is a blast. They're, they're awesome players. And, uh, I've got to play with Kirk and Mickey here a little bit, and I've actually really enjoyed it a ton. And I think that we've, um, really gelled it as a line together. I think we've had some, really strong shifts in, in the early going here. And 
um, you know, we're, we're off to a good start. We're three and one. And, and uh, I think uh, we can continue to roll here. You know, it's funny. We talked to Sheldon Keefe uh, about Thornton playing on that top line, but not playing all the time is what Keefe said to us. And I kind of did the Scooby-Doo like the, like I've seen, I've seen it in play now. And sometimes it's the power play. And sometimes it's you on the wing with Matthews and Marner. Like, I think it's a compliment to your style of game and your ability that you can shuffle up and down the lineup. Like did Coach Keefe explain the idea to you, and is it tough to be the guy who who kind of moves around and plays with a bunch of different guys? No, I, yeah, he definitely explained it to me, um, you know, before he made the move in, in the summertime, and something that I was more than willing to do and, and and happy to do. I think that, you know, I, I think that people perceive it the wrong way. Sometimes I, I don't see it as uh, as anything different. I, I mean, it's obviously different in the sense that I'm playing with, with different players and, and throughout the game, you get thrown on different lines. But um, I think what's consistent is yeah, I try to play the same way, no matter, I guess, who I'm playing with. Um, and it's been, it's been fun. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far and, and enjoyed the way I've been, I guess, used to date. Yeah, I think it's a compliment, Zach, I, honestly. Oh, like, I think it's a compliment to your game. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, I agree with Tim 100%, Zach. See, I'm extremely insecure, so I would take it as a slight. But you're <laughs> you know what you're doing. And, and, and in this league, you need to be versatile because, I mean, yeah. especially with the way analytics are kind of taking over the game a little bit here, you, you need people to do a lot of different things. And it kind of leads me to my next question because contractually, this right now is the end of this current contract for you and the Leafs. Um, I, I think there are a lot of people in Leafs Nation who would quietly shudder at the thought of 11 not being out there. Um, I got to ask you, how, how happy are you in the market? How happy are you being a part of this? Yeah, I mean, I love playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a dream of mine since I was a kid. And, and uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's the best, it's the best, right? So I'm, I'm, I love it. I love it here and uh, hope to stay here, obviously, for, for a long time. Um, Contract situation that that stuff will will figure itself out over time. Um, not too worried about it. Just kind of going out there and and uh, playing my game and and just trying to trying to win. I think that's the that's the most important thing. I think uh, every kid dreams about you know the Leafs winning winning a cup one day and uh, would love to be a part of that. Obviously, Zach Hyman here on Tim and Sid. Before we let you go, Zach, uh, from what I understand, you are a pretty proud Michigan man. And a pair of guys you know pretty well, and Zach Warinsky and Dylan Larkin uh, dropped the mittens yesterday. <laughs> Did the WhatsApp chat have a final judging on who won and maybe who took it a little easy on the other guy? Yeah, I, I saw that. It was obviously before our game, but I was uh, I was kind of surprised. But you know, they're classmates and they're like best buddies in school, so it's no different than two brothers going at it and fighting. And I've had my share of fights with my brothers, so pretty funny that they got into it and they actually, you know, threw some punches at each other. Um, I haven't gone around to messaging them yet, but I, I, now that you remind me, I'm probably going to shoot them a note now. Uh, Zach, I the saw youngest some of four boys, I know that. Like I am, I, there was one thing I know how to do. It's take a punch. And that's because I'm the youngest of four boys. So I know the brother analogy. Yeah. Well, well, I saw some yeah. smiles in that last night. See, that's what made <laughs> me laugh. Yeah. Like, how do you, Zach, oh, like yeah. if you're in that situation and Timmy, you too, you played a little hockey. What, like, when you're when you're into it with someone you genuinely love, like how do you not crack up a little bit? You have to a little bit, right? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, hundred percent. They, they probably can keep a straight face when they're throwing <laughs> until somebody gets hit and it's like, oh, I want to hit the guy back. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly you know, it. Yeah. Done. It was a very simple line to cross. I, I really should have figured that out. Yeah. Um, Zach, I, I I can appreciate how important naps are for you in this new period of your life. I think you gave mm-hmm. one up to talk to us. We appreciate it, and uh, continued success, man. There, uh, you and the guys are rolling, and and good luck tomorrow night. Take care, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There is Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Brent Burns also coming up, so don't go anywhere. Uh, we are jam-packed in Hockey Central. Also coming up on some of these stations. We'll continue on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590. The fan, I feel like we have to do that every day. Because we have to. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> because Just we make sure to. that you know. Yeah, good analysis. We have to. Um, the, um, the, one, the one part of the Leafs we haven't brought up yet, coming off that Zach conversation, is how Austin Matthews is like, you feel like he's going to explode. Just the way he's on the puck, the way he looks, he's lighter. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, from a stamina standpoint, I guess it's a good thing. It can't be a bad thing. One day I'll properly lose weight as well, and I'll know what that feeling is. Um, hold on, but hold he, on. Hold on. Stop the presses here. What do you mean properly? Like, at the start of this I accident, pandemic, I accidentally lost this- weight. I accidentally lost weight. It wasn't real weight loss. It was... I'm outside the Rogers calf weight loss. It wasn't legit. Like Austin Matthews said, are you still down though? You you look like you're still down. You know what? It's a good question. Cause the last time I weighed myself, uh, I was visiting the folks in the summer outside and a scale was kind of brought into the equation. Uh And that's how I, I don't, I, I shockingly don't have a scale. Like I don't own one. That sounds like a punchline to a lot of lines. No, but just like you and I both don't own a scale. Looking for that scale. What are you what the hell? Oh, I don't want to be. That's a great look point. How, like, if you, I, I, I don't, I don't want to do it. Look, look how terrible you are. <laughs> look, every day. Get on Good the morning, scale. Tim. Well, Put your feet here so I can laugh at you. Yeah, you don't yeah. want that. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Good Good morning, Tim. You played at 185 pounds. You are now 200. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. So I, I'm not doing so it. No, so no, I don't own one. So I I I don't. But again, I like I lost weight, but I wouldn't classify it as like real weight loss because it's, it's it was pandemic infused. So I I don't I did nothing to earn it. So I don't think I deserve all the credit, but I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not kidding. Vikingstad wrote in and said there's going to be Armageddon in at least two of three Canadian franchise markets that don't make the playoffs, some bigger yep. than others. At yep. least four are guaranteed a shot, which makes this division so fun, and he is so bang on in the conversations that we've been having. And the reason why I say, I'm not kidding you about the Twitter handle, Viking, because our own Viking is coming on next. Listen, Carolyn Cameron, Colby Armstrong have you on Hockey Central, but if you stick with us on the radio, Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet 360, coming up next... Brent Burns, hockey player, actor, next on Tim and Sid. Clayton writes in at Tim and Sid on Twitter, which you can do at any time, and says, idea for a segment every second day or something, Tuesdays, Thursdays, talk hockey, and don't mention the Canadian division. There is a tremendous amount of hockey taking place that the Canadian media won't mention all season unless someone dedicates time for it. Well, let's do that right now, Sydney. Let's do it a little bit here. Uh, he's won a Norris Trophy in this league. It's Brent Burns of the San Jose Sharks. And, and hockey, yeah, he's good at it, yada, yada, yada. 
burgeoning acting career. That is yes. the real topic du jour with Brent, who is joining us now. Brent, welcome back to the show, man. How how you doing? How you hanging in? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Very We're doing good. all right, dude. You're in. I mean, look, we talked to some athletes who have been on the show Vikings. But like Josh Donaldson was on Vikings. Uh, Eric Hendricks of the Vikings of, of the Minnesota Vikings, ironically enough, was in the show Vikings. You last week made an appearance. What is it about you where the producers of the show said you can be in Vikings? What is it? Oh, I don't know. Probably the lack of hair and makeup that I had to go through for it. It's probably just an easy one yeah. for them. Yeah, that, that works. Um, that or the fact that I knocked down the door for so long, too. So, I don't know. I probably just bugged them too much. How long have you been <laughs> so working on it? Yeah, how long have you yeah. been working on it? And when did they say yes? Uh, I, I was... Well, I was a huge fan of the show ever since it came out. So I've been, uh, yeah, I've been a big fan. I never miss an episode. I love the show. And, um, so I started grinding to get on it. Uh, well, even at probably since 2015, I, I was, you know, throwing the odd tweet out trying to, trying to get on the show. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty pumped to finally make it happen. Well, you fit right in. Like I haven't seen the episodes yet. And there are, this is plural episodes, two episodes, um, how many lines do you yeah, have? Fire me after the first one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Did... uh, yeah, a couple speaking, couple speaking parts. It was uh, that was definitely pretty stressful. I think uh, getting the lines, and I never really knew how how that stuff all worked. I kind of thought there was going to be cue cards, but I, I didn't realize you had to memorize all the lines. So um, that was that was the first hurdle, and then the next hurdle was uh, trying to figure out how to speak in that Scandinavian right. Viking accent. I didn't. I didn't right. really think about that part either. So that was my yeah, next guess, question: uh, was was Scanes like? Did oh, you put yeah, the I accent was, in? Yeah, well, that was the uh, when I had the first meeting with uh, the the director. I was saying my name wrong. I didn't even know how to say my name. I was calling it Skane, and she's like, "No, nah, that's not how you say it." I was like, "Oh boy, this is gonna be a long day." <laughs> <laughs> You're fired first day. <laughs> Yeah, I thought uh, I was like, I'm going to get gas before I even get on this thing. So, but it was so how, it was incredible. It was. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just sorry. Forgive me for interrupting. So, from from the moment you get on set to when you leave, like how long was the day? Like how long was a normal shoot day? Well, it was it was pretty cool. We got into Ireland on day one, and day one we kind of were able to just uh, explore and 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 kind of go around Ireland a bit and see some of the sites and. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but we ended up going to see uh, Riverdance. We, we ended up going to see a, the Riverdance show that night with the family, and uh, which was really cool to see that show in Ireland. Um, Might have went to a couple different pubs to try some Guinness in different places. That All was right. pretty uh, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next day, it was like a half day, kind of just figuring out the costumes and uh, meeting kind of everybody around set, um, figuring out the dialect coach. They were kind of confirming that I had looked over the lines and I wasn't going to screw those up. And then uh, the next two days were were long. There were probably 10 10 hours, nine and a half hours of shooting, which was crazy. I mean, I'd never been through anything like that. And to see how good those guys are and and how well run they they do it, I mean, it's just, it was crazy. As as a big fan of the show, to see the sets, it, it was incredible. 
is like, it, it, I mean, it's just supposed to be a, a, a bunch of fun for you to be able to go and do something like that. Like I, I was going to make the Michael Flatley joke about river dance in Ireland and if he's still doing, but like just being on a show that you watch and something where costumes and so much goes into something like this, like, was it, where does it rank on your non-sports account? Like, where does it, is it like, I've been waiting for this a long time. Is it, this was really cool or this was bleeping awesome? You left him speechless, McCall. It's a good question. It was a, such a stupid question that he just hung up. Scane <laughs> has had enough of this interview, apparently. Scane is Gane. He's donezo. We'll try and reestablish, obviously. We'll try and get him back out of here. Because that was that was pretty fun. That was a lot of fun, man. But like you know, people people don't respect how long a day that actually is. Like yeah. honestly. Like it's just Without, for everyone, yeah. for the actors, for people like people just setting up, audio guys, just everybody. Catering people, you name it. Everyone's working the same hours, basically, and it's just I got a lot of respect for people who do that on a shoot that consistently. Because that's and you that's that's tough. That's tough. And you and I have walked down that road a little bit. We're not meant for that. N- not at that price point, no. <laughs> no. I have to charge a little more for it to be consistent, Tim, as you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I you guess know, if you got paid more. what other yeah. people get paid, <laughs> yeah. we, we might be. But uh, I understand. Like, it's just tedious. And you repeat one after another. And the continuity, the scene that he's in, one of them is where they walk into the town and – there's just like hundreds of people on set for that one day. Like I couldn't even imagine what it was. Obviously, we're trying to reconnect with Brent Burns or the San Jose Sharks. Like I wonder what's tougher, uh, the days on set for him or what he did last night, which was nearly 30 minutes of ice time against the St. Louis Blues. And th- uh, maybe I'll just ask him. Just ask him. Uh, he's on the line. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we got Brent Burns back. Uh, you can no, hear us. Sorry, we lost you there for a second. No problem. All good. No all problem. good. What, no, so I'm what's... Good. Let's close it out. What, what's tougher for you, the days on set for the Vikings or three points, nearly 30 minutes of ice time last night against the St. Louis Blues? <laughs> no, no, definitely the the Vikings was uh, that, that was pretty difficult. Those guys are uh, – it's incredible to watch how they can get in and out of character. Uh, Peter Franzen, who plays King Harold on the show, like I remember just talking about his ranch and uh, he has a farm – Firm that he takes care of, and and then the next thing I know, he was he transformed himself, and uh, to see how they they work, and I mean, he went on like a five minute, uh, this the episode from last week, his five minute rant, he knew like the back of his hand, it was incredible. Um, they were all they were all great, great to work Brent, with, and it was really cool, but it's definitely harder. That's wild, Brent Burns of the San Jose Sharks. Wow. And now veteran actor of the show Vikings, which you can see on History Channel. Uh, he made his debut just recently. You got another one coming up. Um, Brent, do me a favor. As I, because you mentioned the dialect and kind of the accent that, that Skane, your character, uh, is using. Can I, let me, let me pitch something to you. Can I ask you a typical post-game hockey question? Where you would say the boys gave it 110 percent and the pucks in deep, but can you can you say can you give me the answer in the Vikings voice? Is that possible? Can we do that? Oh, I don't know. I got to get to character. It's tough. Yeah, because it was it was a little bit of like the certain letters. I'm trying to think of what they were. Um, 
This doesn't have uh, to be perfect. I think if you gave if no, you I'm gave a sixty percent, I, I was not a very good actor. All right. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, come on, man. I, they loved you. They are. They brought you on. You you sound like you had a blast. Okay, but I, I put you in a tough spot there. That's fine. I'll walk away from it. Let me let me let me go down this line here because I have Scane's bio. I have your character's bio here from the show, and it reads: Scane is a yeah. big, formidable, and ruthless Viking leader. He is a man of few words. But a big reputation as a warrior. Aside from the few words thing, that's dialect down. That's why I was a few few words. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's a, a script's fault. I got you. That's a script's fault. Go ahead, Timmy. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, that's just awesome. I, I love it. Can, can we talk about just? I mean, I want to talk a little bit of hockey, but. You guys weren't in the bubble last year, and, and obviously because of the, the restrictions in Santa Clara County, you guys have had to move to Arizona. And in, in the perspective of a pro athlete, because we all understand that there are, are people who have it way tougher and are in way tougher sports, but, but just how challenging has this year been, the start of it and, and finding some sort of normalcy and routine, which I've always understood to be rather important to athletes in all of this? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we realize uh, it's just good to be back to work. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we, we know there's a, you know, a sense of, of trying to help kind of get everybody else's lifestyle back into, into routine. You know, I, I grew up watching, watching hockey with my family and, and, and that was a big part of growing up and, and family time. And um, so I think, I think there's a lot of different feelings of, of just being happy to be back at work and, and trying to get, you know, that little bit of life routine back into play. Um, you know, a little bit of, you know, gratitude to try to give back to, to the fans of, of the sport and, and the families that are growing up now that are, uh, you know, watching hockey and trying to get back to, to watching their Leafs play or their, their Canadians or, um, you know, whatever – small town they're from and watching hockey is a big part of their lifestyle. So trying to get that back and, and giving them a bit of normalcy back in their life. And um, so, yeah, I don't think there's no, yeah. I think the routine thing, it definitely is a big part of our, our life, our life uh, as hockey players. And um, it's a big part of building success as a, as a player, when, as you get older and you get uh, deeper into your routine, I think that it really helps. Um your success as a, as a player and a team. And, you know, I think it just kind of goes out the window a little bit this year. You just, I, I think we, you, we've talked about just rolling with the punches and, and just, you know, whatever comes our way, there's going to be different issues and you just try to roll with it. And uh, we've been on the road since December 27th, I think is, is when I left our, our place in Texas to meet the team in, in Phoenix. So, uh, you know, I, I think you just, you're just so grateful to be back. And um, so you'll take the, the things that are different and, and not the same and, you know, just kind of roll with it and kind of try to enjoy the difference of, of what this year has, has been. And, um, you know, like I've said, I said, I enjoy playing hockey a lot more than working out and training. And, and I've done a lot of working out and training for the last 10 months. So I'm just happy to be back if I, if I lose a little bit of my routine, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, my last question isn't really a question. I just I can't believe you're 35, man. I remember when you got going. <laughs> I'm now I'm now it's starting to date yeah, me. Yeah. Do, you, do you do you feel 35? Do you feel like one of the oldest guys in the room? 
Well, I think, you know, it is crazy because actually we just talked about it uh, last night in our uh, while we were eating dinner. You know, he always, we were, I was talking to another guy that he, he just had a kid and, and he says, you know, everybody always talks about, you know, those those first few years of, of your your first kid goes so fast, but it, it feels like it's going longer. And um, I said, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like your career. Every, all the older guys used to always say it's going to go by, it's going to fly by, it's going to go real fast. But, um, you know, when you're in it, it, it feels like, you know, a lot of ups and downs. And But, you know, it's, it's been unbelievable. It's been so much fun. To, I've, I've been blessed to play in two great cities in Minnesota and San Jose. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's uh, 17 years. It's it's gone by pretty fast, so it's uh, yeah. You just enjoy you enjoy enjoy all the time in the room and and uh, the funny stories and uh, obviously I'm missing I'm missing my my good buddy Jumbo this year. It's it's a lot different not having him around and um, yeah. you know I Facetime him quite a bit, so I, I still he still gets me laughing every day at the rink and, and all the boys, we talk about all the funny stories from him and, and just how lucky we are to get to learn from a guy like that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's those things that, uh, that you, we always talk about. We know you got to go. Your fellow Viking is no longer with you and Joe Thornton, but, uh, next time we have you on, I want to talk about the outdoors a little bit. Cause I know from following you on Instagram that you got, you got a love for it. So we'll do that next time around. Thanks for taking the time and, and joining us here on Tim and Sid, Brent. It's been fun. No, thanks for having me, guys. Good chat with you. Yeah, Take be well. Uh, there is Brent. I'm not much of a hunter, Sid, but I don't know if you know this. I do eat it. Um, I'm, I, I can eat yeah. I can eat things in the wild. Myself. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm yes. right there with you. I'm, we're good, we're I'm, good eaters. Uh, if you uh, put so it on I'll the plate in front of me, that's the level of my hunting. Just give right. me some ketchup, and I'm fine. Uh, um, Luke, ketchup. Go ahead. Ketchup. Luke writes in and says, if Sid were on Vikings, he would play the guy in the giant birdcage awaiting trial. What did he do? Hold on. What did he do? I don't know. know. What am I I charged for? I don't know the answer to that. I was just Tim. I was just trying to see if he would like honestly just start going, hus, 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 like the like the old school like the Viking from WWF accent. Like the, the but I, accent? I, I'm trying to figure out. Like, uh, forgive me, I'm not wrapped up in the show. I know a lot of people that love the show. Yes. I've been trying to get into the show. It's very difficult for me to binge a show that my wife isn't into because I don't have the other spare time, right, to watch like this other show. Like, I just to be a good husband and to. Well, it's just watch. like there's stuff I got to do. Like, I gotta, you know, I gotta watch uh, Brennan Gallagher and Darnell Nurse go at each other last night, and the, right? Like, and I got the Bachelor. I got to, and the Bachelor. Well, that's important. But I, I don't have I don't have time to just watch the Viking on or Vikings on my own. But I've heard amazing things, and I was dying to hear the accent. So I got a I got a PVR and watched last week's episode. I don't know of if Brent it was Burns. I don't know if it was closer to his Burns history and ancestry or his Barry history and ancestry. The accent. Right. We'll figure it out uh, when we come back. Um, we're gonna get you set for a long night in the uh, in the NHL in the NBA and maybe even. Why are dudes celebrating with referees? Next, right here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Welcome back to Tim and Sid here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet 360. Randy wrote in and said the Jays' front office first mistake was when they said they will add two to three impact players. I I don't disagree with that. I don't. Even if that's what their aim is, 
even if they've waited years to do this and thought they could pull it off, you just underplay it yes, so that people don't get mad? Yes. <laughs> yes. You are answering your own question it's in ridiculous. the question. But it's not because historically this is not how this team makes their bones. Free agency is not where they make their bones. Either you develop the guy or trade for him, whether it's Alomar, whether it's Tulowitzki, whether it's Price. That's how this team has always made their bones. Couple guys aside, literally a couple. Clemens, Yunjin Ruth. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's how this team has always made their bones. Why but, is that? I don't know. I, I have my theories. But to say two to three impact free agents is putting yourself way out there, way out there, considering what historically has happened around this time of year for this franchise. You and I know that. You and I both know that history. I don't know if management knows that history, but don't you think it puts some pressure on them to actually go out and do that? And as a fan, shouldn't you be a fan of of the management saying we're going to make a difference in the offseason? Like, I don't get it. It's almost like it's almost like the inferiority complex is ringing in everyone's head saying, I know we're not going to get anyone, even though management said we're going to get someone. That would force them to do something like, I don't know, go out and get someone. But you can, you can do both. Like, why can't you, you be can. overly aggressive and not and build not everyone up hole. and not leak to that guy and this guy and this guy? If that's what happened, I'm not sure. But a lot of insiders got the same stuff. So my point is, slow play it so that if it happens, like Hyunjin Ryu was interesting because it was kind of like, wow, okay. I kind of thought the right. Jays offseason was done. Right. Nope. They got him. All right. It's 80 million. That don't, doesn't often happen with the Jays in free agency. 80 million. All right. That's interesting. That's interesting. This was a very, but- a very odd offseason to make the expectations out. And it's not done. They might get, they might get Springer, Tim. It's not well, done. Might get Bowers. It's not done. Like, I think that as a fan, you want them to say those sort of things because then it puts pressure on them to follow it up. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah, and the other way of looking at it. Actually go out and it, do what you said. Yeah, but, but, is it, but, but the problem then becomes, uh, and if that's the theory, then it's an at-all-costs at, at all theory. And that's not right. smart either. Because now what are you doing? Are you paying to placate a fan base or paying fair value considering what you have to work with? That's just, dangerous I, too. I don't think that you're, lis- that you're listening to the entire offseason and, and, and what I'm attempting. Here's, here's what got me here. Dan Schulman quote tweeted Ben Nicholson-Smith on Kirby Yates. And he just said, I hope everyone feels better now and there's more to come. Patience. And everyone was like, what do you know, Showman? Showman, what are you talking about? Who are you talking And I was just like, <laughs> Dan just gave his head bit off. Like, you <laughs> can't even say that, right? Because this fan base is so starved. But I think in the end, coming out and saying that is a good thing for the fan base because it puts pressure on management to produce something after saying that. But that's easy to say if you're not that management. Right. If you're that management, that becomes different. Right. And like you're saying, PR wise, this isn't smart. I get what you're saying. Like, and yeah. it puts pressure on you, and then maybe you have to overpay, and it puts you in a tough spot. But what I'm saying is, strictly as a fan, I don't know why people are pissed off at this. You have accountability. 
They said they were going to do something, and they have to do it. Well, but hold on. What accountability? They just signed Mark for five years. If you're a fan, I don't know if you see accountability. If there's no okay. Bauer, if there's, if there's no George Springer, what accountability? So, so then you put it to next year, and you ask, where's, where's this impact free agent? Like, they've got the team in the right direction. Like, you're no going to fire them? If they, yeah. Are you going to fire no, no, them? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying right. that. What I'm so, saying is, like, you just mentioned the word accountability, and I would say, I don't know how many fans are thinking, well, there's going to be accountability if there's no Bauer or Springer. I think part of that anger we ha- is... We have the quotes. <laughs> like, what do you we mean have we have the, the quotes? Quote, we have the quotes, not the codes. That's different. Yeah, I don't want those. No, no, we have the quotes. So when they come on, if there's an empty offseason, we'll say, well, what are you doing here? Okay, so this here's what, what they say. Said. Here's what they say. We were, we were runners up on everybody. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you say. So your answer, so then how do you retort to that? Because that's the game that's going to get played here. If, if it ends up being like you're right. shopping in the Jackie Bradley Jr. If, side of the mall. And I'm not playing like, this hypothetical game. And the hypothetical game continues because people just want their, they want it now. Everyone wants everything now. And even if the team isn't ready to compete on that level, they still want it now. And I say you judge them over maybe even two off-seasons. Crazy. Maybe even two off-seasons. But I get it. You want it now. You want the answer now. And even if it doesn't come now and you say, well, what happened to this, no matter what they say, won't be good enough. Because like nine insiders in baseball for a month and a half, I'm telling you, it's going to happen now. Said they're that's, in the running. It. They're in the running mm, for now. Mm, some of the language is a little fan, stronger than that. And, and then as a fan, that's what you want. But somehow that's oh, not good enough. Well, when guys, leave, when guys don't sign with you, yeah, it's not good enough. I would agree with you. Um, do you know this, yes or no? I'm reading a headline. The sky is blue, water is wet. Claire and Dale from The Bachelorette are breaking up. What? Claire left the show for this guy after like three episodes. She's going back to Bachelor in Paradise. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. How is Claire just going to walk away? Wait, talk to you tomorrow. How is Claire just going to walk away from? Well, I'm going to wash my. This is a joke. Wash your hands. Left so many guys quarantined for Claire. Crazy.